0: Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: They've studied the American society so detailed. They know exactly which, like even down to a county level, they know exactly which school board, which seat on which school board is the most important. They know which, uh, you know, person sitting on a, you know, even a local political level is the most important, which CEO of which business is the most important. They've mapped out all the mechanisms of control of our country and they've been infiltrating. I mean, the infiltration into our country started back, you know, it's really, it's been the KGB, it's been the Soviets and the, the Chinese Communist Party, which they've been working hand in hand for, for decades and decades. I mean, go back to, you know, the famous interview with Yuri Besmanov.
2: Vaccinated or not, Toxic spike proteins pose a long-term threat to your health. The top doctors at The Wellness Company have introduced a revolutionary spike support formula that is the only product that contains ingredients that block and dissolve spike proteins inside your body. The powerful formula has been shown to dissolve spike proteins and blood clots and it works to help your body repair from other potential damage. This amazing formula is also much less expensive than buying each ingredient separately. That's because the Wellness Company puts you and your needs first. Use the link below or go to sarahwestall.com under shop to buy your daily spike support. It's time to protect you and your family against the effects of COVID, vaccines, and shedding. Again, use the link below or buy at sarahwestall.com under shop. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have the great Seth Whole House coming to the program. I've been wanting to have him on for a while. He's man in America, and we're going to dive deep into a bunch of conversations. We really... We go all over the place. And I think it's the conversation that everybody's having in their own homes, in their own discussions with, you know, their best friends, those kinds of things. And It's just, this is what we're grappling with in the country, trying to figure things out. And I think it's a really insightful and also hopeful conversation as we dive into what's behind all this. It's you know, it's a dark time, but I think we're moving to a better time. And we're going to talk about that. But before we get into it, I want to remind you that if you have not bought near gold or silver yet, talk to Miles Franklin, info at milesfranklin.com. You will get the best prices in the country and a wonderful service. They guarantee me the best prices in the country and they always give wonderful service, but tell them that Sarah sent you and you will get that again, info at milesfranklin.com. We know that they are working on a reset. And when those dollars keep come flooding back, that's why they can't get that inflation under control. The food inflation keeps going up. They're doing so much to get it, there's a point where it's just not going to work anymore. And so it's better to be protected than not. And so I highly recommend you do that. Info at milesfranklin.com. Okay, let's get into this wonderful conversation with Seth Wholehouse. Hi, Seth. Finally, you're on my program. I'm really great to have you.
1: Uh, it's it's wonderful to be here. And, and you came on my program recently too, which was amazing because I, I listen to you, but my wife is a huge fan. And so a lot of times... You know, when she's cleaning the kitchen, I'll hear your voice, you know, in the background. Actually, even this morning, I heard her listening to your interview. I think with the executive producer of the Sound of Freedom, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, or one of the the people involved with that. So it's 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 great to to be here on the show with you.
2: Well, thank you so much. And I'm glad you brought up the Son of Freedom. Yeah, I, mean, I had Paul Hutchinson. He's the executive producer. He's not named on the film because he was undercover at the time that they actually produced it. So he couldn't put his name officially on it. But he's the billionaire fund manager that actually posed as the billionaire in the rescue that's in the film. And so I'm uh, really wow. glad you brought that up. Yeah, he's, and I, people just don't know because his name's not on it. but. Yeah, he's, a, he's the real deal. But I am so glad to have you on because you're one of, you're unique in this industry because you're very, um, I say this about you, a lot of the people who have come from Epic Times are just a little. you guys are a little more insightful, a little more conscious of what's really going on, a little smarter. And I don't know, there's something in the water over there. And I know you're on your <laughs> own now, but I, I want to talk to you about Mind Wars because you know, I did a little mini documentary about mind war and I think that's what we're in. It's a silent mind psyop, mind war. They're trying to mentally, they're creating conditions so that they're forcing ideas on people and then creating conditions around that. But I want to talk about what you see in that and how you re- see that related to communism and the global agenda. Uh, what are we seeing here who's in charge the communists or the globalists
1: it's funny because that's like that's one of the questions that i've regularly found myself wanting to dive into is understanding like who or what is at the top of the pyramid right when because you know going back to uh, sun tzu the art of war like know yourself know your enemy Like that's the key to the war but you know, we can, I think, I think we're going through a process as a nation, and not just as a nation, but as people around the world of learning to know ourselves, right, to to know the importance of, you know, morality and our God-given rights and what it means to be sovereign. You know, these are questions that I think people are pondering that haven't been pondered in at least my generation and probably the major generations before this to really question what that means. And so we're going through that process. But you know, something that I've really kind of come to in this journey is, who are we up against? Like, what are we up against? I think that that's That's a manifestation of how successful the war has been, because if you go to the average American and you ask them question A, are we at war, right? Most people, I would say, would say no. I think a lot of your audience, a lot of my audience would say, yes, we're in fifth generation warfare or whatever they might say, but They'd say, no, we're not at war. Um, you know, there is the Afghanistan thing and this and, you know, China's a threat, but they wouldn't know that we're at war. So that's a massive, you know, that's a massive psyop the that I mean, has accomplished just in, in virtue of itself. But then the next thing is if someone says, well, I, I think that we are at war. You say, well, who are we at war against? And you'd get every answer. You know, some people would that's say we're name. at war against the leftists. Some people would say we're at war against MAGA. Some people would say, we're at war against soccer moms that, that are getting involved in, in schools. Some people would say, it's the Chinese, it's the Russians, it's the communists, it's the terrorists, it's the Jihad. So that again, if, if you went to say mainland China right now, which you know, th- this ties straight into you know, us being at war. And if you asked most people like who is the enemy, a lot of them would actually say the United States of America. Right, because that's what they've been, that's what they're being taught. That's what their propaganda is telling them. Now, there's a lot of Chinese that understand the truth and they would say, well, no, the real enemy is the Chinese Communist Party, right? Because they, they've broken out of that. But like, that's a, a major thing to kind of look at is that we are at war. And I think that if you look back at the process of understanding this, I think that for a lot of people, it was COVID you know, COVID was the thing that, you know, a lot of folks I've talked to, I, you know, I try travel when I speak and I get a chance to talk to a lot of the audience, which is really helpful because you get to see, you know, what was that point for you when you realized something wasn't right? And for so many people, it was COVID and COVID, you know, the way I look at kind of, you know, kind of figuring out where we're at, and then we can kind of dive into, well, who's at the top of that pyramid because that's a, that's a topic I really enjoy digging into. But if you look at what happened when COVID rolled out and the feeling that okay we are at war. Well, so General Flynn covers a lot talking about fifth generation warfare, and so in the past, all of our wars were between nation and nation, or between one half of the nation and the other half of the nation. Right? You had civil wars. You had uh, you know you had wars between nations or groups of nations, Axis and Allies. So those were all those are the wars that we're familiar with. But I feel like that the war that we're at right now is a war but really between two groups of people it's the war between you and i and every average sovereign individual on earth you know the billions and billions of people that's one that's one side of the war but the other war is that small group of elite class and we can dive into like i don't think it's just one group i think there's actually multiple factions that are fighting to control the whole world, but it's like we've fought all the world wars. We've come to where we are right now, and what I see happening is that there is this there is this enemy. There are people. It's like every uh, you know it goes back to even the Bible or even every you know famous story, whether it's Lord of the Rings or James Bond. There's always the evil villain that wants to have complete control and domination of the world, and that has been the the holy grail for the power hungry totalitarians. Is that eventually to get to a place where the entire world is under one power structure, one 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 world government, one world religion, where they have complete control. And so to take us is different. To so say when the, the Bolsheviks came in and they you know overthrew the Russians and, and they, they put in a communist system, you know, that was you know, one class coming in overthrowing another group of people and then taking control. Well, this is happening on a global scale where the the enemies, which you know, these people that, you know, we refer to as the elites, which I think gives them a little better picture of what they are. They're really like the blood-sucking vampire, satanic, (laughs) pedophile monsters, right? Where they're at the final stage of their plan to try to take all of us individuals that have freedom and move us into a future technocracy where we've lost all of our freedoms, as Yuvar Harari, Harari talks about, where the idea of a free will no longer exists. And so that's that. That right there, I think, is the war that we're at right now. But it's not a war of guns and bullets. It's a war of propaganda, of uh, you know, brainwashing, MK Ultra. It's it's a war of the mind.
2: That's right. It's a mind war. So are they using communism as a tool to bring in technocracy, or are they their enemy is their friend until they don't need them anymore, and then they're their enemy? Do you know? What, because I'm not sure if the communists are aligned with them or they're using communism it's not really even communism anymore that china has it's technocracy but it has so many communist elements that it feels like communism are they using it as a tool to bring in their global domination or are i mean is that the factions that are fighting
1: so how and it's such a complex thing to try to put into you know metaphors or and understand to paint a picture of but You know, I look at the CCP, A, for one, I believe the CCP is the greatest threat to our freedom here in America and the greatest threat to the whole world. Now, a lot of people, especially the people, it's interesting, actually, a lot of people that are much more in the alternative media, they might say that, well, Xi Jinping is actually working with Trump and Putin to, to free us from the deep state. And I think that's actually, that whole idea is in our psychological operation to capture that segment of the people and, and lead them astray. But I look at the CCP and a lot of times I've talked about the CCP and people say, no, 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 you're missing the point. It's all Klaus Schwab. It's all the globalists. It's a Rothschilds, It's a Rockefellers. And, you know, there's a lot of validity in that. But I look at the CCP as Frankenstein's monster. Right if you go back to the the beginning of the CCP you can see that even Mao himself right he it was really it was Yale in China so it was a Yale program that was called Yale in China that got Mao off the ground they gave him the facilities for printing they gave him the the places to meet and they they funded a lot of what he did and so I do believe that yes this the the communism in essence was really a was birthed you know by the the, the the globalists the european bankers etc that we think of but i think that it was it was really a mass social experiment for them to protect for them to perfect their control of a large population because if if their end goal was eventually to have a global communist system well if they can figure out how to get it right in a country with over a billion people then then they're going to be actually like that much closer to their global system but i but i think that what happened though is if you look at the the Chinese and, and, and talk about the Chinese culture as a from a broad picture. I mean, it, it is. It's a five thousand plus year year old culture. It makes Western culture look, look like a toddler. If you go back in, into the the ancient the Chinese culture, they have such a rich culture, and so they and and they, a lot of the, the the rich you know the kind of ancient beliefs are very um very chinese race focused. And so if you take that into the modern day, you know, you can there's say the leaked speech, uh, speech from General Qi hao qian where he's talking about this is back in 99 or around that time when the speech was leaked, talking about how they view the chinese as the pure race, right? So they this is from the communists I'm not saying that, you know, there's a there's a distinction between the chinese and the CCP. And actually most of the chinese that I know are amazing people they are fighting against communism. But there's, the, there's the, the specter of the CCP that's latched itself and taken over that, that, that country and that system. And so if you then going back to the Frankenstein's monster idea, I think what they did is that they, they, they kind of built, they used, I think their goal was to use China for a few reasons. One, to siphon off a lot of the technology and the power and the manufacturing away from America right? Because if eventually we're going to ha- have some sort of kinetic war, there's all these things to soften up the enemy. But, but look, if you can take away the manufacturing, take away the facility, the infrastructure, that when a country enters into war, they've lost most of the factories that they would use for, for making munitions, right? So that's one example. So I think that they, they've been using China, right, as a pawn to slowly weaken the United States because the United States has always been the one country that's been in the way of the globalist agenda, right? It's really been it really is the last bastion of freedom. And so that the, the CCP was a tool that was being used to bring down that to infiltrate and destroy the western culture as we're seeing. But at that same time though, I think that the Chinese especially the like Xi Jinping who really you know he, he's really a, a Maoist communist. It's like he's someone that uh, you know, there's people say, oh, no, he's opened up to the West and you know, go, like, read, his, read his writings, listen to his speeches. You know, He is a hardcore communist. And so I think that what's happened in this process is that the Chinese, going back to the opium wars and some things that happened where the, the West really destroyed large parts of China through what we did to them, they've got this bone to pick and they've got their 100-year marathon, their 100-year goal that by 2049, they're the leaders of the entire world. And so I think that what's happened is that they've used the bankers, they've used them to build up themselves so that they can actually at the, at the very end step, instead of them being subservient to some wealthy bankers in Europe, that they've built enough power and they've gained control of enough of the technology, the manufacturing, the you know, uh, intellectual property you know, globally, and they have enough influence over the governments and, and the world organizations like the WHO, UN, WEF that like that they will be the ones that will then try to use that to then launch themselves into it because there's a chinese saying which says that one mountain isn't big enough for two tigers and really what it means is that you can only have one person at the top only one group that's leading and they the the chinese communist party believes that they are the ones that need to be leading globally that that the new world order is a china-led new world order and so i would i I would imagine honestly that if the ccp was able to take that power you'd even see them executing klaus schwab you'd see them killing off all the globalists because that's how communism works they're only loyal to the very very small inside party that rules and everyone else is seen as an enemy that is just used, right, which we saw that happen in almost every communist revolution, that they use people, right, the useful idiots, but even people very high up. And once they no longer needed them, it was a bullet to the back of their head.
2: They would kill. So all these all these people putting all these crazy legislation through here would be killed, but they're that's why they're useful idiots. But I, I you know, I, are the globalists that dumb? Or is that the war that we're seeing? We're seeing a war, but the globalists are against us too. It's like they're not, they're against everybody's against us. The people are, it's almost a three, a three-party war where the people are on their own, and then you have the globalists and the, the communists, and and some of them are intertwined. I don't know if all the globalists even understand that the the Chinese are an enemy. I think they see them as an ally still because they're Working with them,
1: yeah, I, I agree, and this is what like. So, if if we're looking at one particular way the war is being waged, it's the war of the, against the dollar, and this is something that I've really you know asked myself and tried to understand. And yeah, you know, I know that you have Andy Scheckman on a lot, which he's he's a brilliant person in understanding this. But it's like if you look at the war against the dollar. And if you go back and you you know go read, for instance, uh, Un- unrestricted warfare, which is written by two Chinese you know, generals um, about China's war against America, financial war was a major aspect of that, right? So, and they even say if they can if they can collapse the currency of a country, that's great. And so you see that you know with Russia and China teaming up and, and the BRICS nations for this de-dollarization process, you see that happening. But and you see that they're also rolling out that they want to have their own version of a central bank digital currency. Now it might be commodity backed, you know, backed by gold or oil or you know whatever. But you also see that then there's the the central bankers as we think of them, right? There's the the central bankers that are also rolling out, you know, coming down from the you know the BIS, the IMF, et cetera, their digital currency. And so what it seems like it's almost like you can see the two different strategies playing out and playing against each other like almost as if there's a race to see who can get in charged first and so if you look at the the you know the the western military industrial complex you look at the ties that we have to the british crown to the you know the, the western elites as we might refer to them and if you look at what's happening with BRICS and china like from my vantage point it appears that these are that these are two major factions that are using each other but that there's that they're both kind of racing to that end goal of being the ones that are in control. Now, something that also think,
0: yeah.
2: Well, I want you to continue with that that, but but it seems like the globalists are destroying their own base of power. I mean, cuz they're they're I mean they're destroying the west. They're yeah, so they're working is... with them to destroy them. With when it comes, you know, Andy Shachman talking about the d- the destruction of the dollar, their destruction, the destruction of our values and our family values. It's like they're in lockstep. I mean, they they're all blackmailed. They're doing. I mean, look what they did with COVID. It wasn't the Chinese didn't make the decisions in the hospitals to do the protocols that were killing people. the The hospitals decided to follow this because they wanted the money. The universities didn't. You know, they were. They were the ones that made the policies to force the young kids to get the vaccine, even though they knew their med Harvard, they should have known the medical school best in the world. They knew that these what the studies were coming out with and they still told them to get it. So they're what the ones making. So is is China that powerful that all of our institutions are set up to destroy itself? I mean, I don't understand. It seems like the globalists are at the mercy of I, it just it doesn't make sense to me
1: no and, and it's almost like you look at it too and you see that okay well biden who we know has very strong ties to the ccp and yeah. a lot of people view him as being a hand puppet for xi jinping or for the chinese communist party yet you also see that he's you know kind of taking a side of nato and that he's uh, you know, been he's sitting in the crowd at the World Economic Forum. But then you also see that the, the keynote speaker at the World Economic Forum is Xi Jinping. I know. And so it, it's, you know, it, it's so muddled together. Um, but in terms of the the destruction of the West, I, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people and I'm really trying to understand this, but I, I believe that the CCP has significant control over what's happening in in, in most countries around the world. Um, You know, Trevor Loudon, who's a good friend, I've interviewed him many times, and he's one of the experts in understanding, especially the communist infiltration into the organizations in America. Something he said was that the CCP had so much control over our government in DC, they could decide which laws were passed or which laws wouldn't pass, right, in, in, in Congress.
2: Well, and that's what's interesting. Because people say that Israel has that level of control, you know, that Israel, and and how can we be such patsies? We have the largest military in the world. We still have the global currency. How can we be so weak that we can allow that to happen? It doesn't, I still have a hard time with that, that we, it doesn't make sense that we are that weak when we still have what we have because they, they know they're destroying themselves from within and there's still, it just doesn't make sense to me, unless we're already captured and controlled in some interesting way.
1: Yeah, well, I think that, I mean, I think that as, as you know, they've been very specific with their levels of, of control and how they've captured and which particular areas they've captured. I think that as you go up further in the chain of command, that you'll find that more and more people are captured, right? Whereas your average person in the military believes in the Constitution and, uh, you know, probably believes in the Second Amendment. But you go up to General Milley, who's you know completely woke, and a lot of other high-level, high-ranking generals are completely compromised. So I think that I think that what, what it is is that like as you get lower in the, the, the structure, as you have more people towards the base of that that pyramid of power control, they have less and less control over each individual. But as they get higher up in in, in the power control, they have more control, you know, probably, you know through bribery, blackmail. Uh, you know promises and look if you help us achieve this that we're going to give you, you know, you'll have your own you know castle or whatever they're promising these people but i i think that I, you know, I think that the the ccp though you know someone that i was talking to that um is a very you know someone that's kind of been at, you know in and out of china and that, that i think has a very high level understanding of the this, of this chinese communist party explained to me that they've studied the american society So detailed. They know exactly which, like even down to a county level, they know exactly which school board, which seat on which school board is the most important. They know which, uh, you know, person sitting on a, you know, even a local political level is the most important, which CEO of which business is the most important. They've mapped out all the mechanisms of control of our country and they've been infiltrating. I mean, the infiltration into our country it started back, you know, it's really, it's been the, the KGB, it's been the Soviets and the, the Chinese communist party, which they've been working hand in hand for, for decades and decades. I mean, going back to, you know, the famous interview with Yuri Bezmenov where back, I think it was back in the eighties, he was saying like, they'd be, they've already achieved almost their end goal here. Right, and so I think that it's really, it's the it's the combination of that. But, but I think fundamentally, though, and I'll, I'll take a, a broader step back. Is that I, I think that fundamentally the real battle that we're experiencing right now is that of good and evil. Like and I believe it's about like, that we're we're. It's like okay, we could say that we're up against the CCP or that we're up against you know Klaus Schwab or George Soros, but I think fundamentally, like we're up against Satan. And some manifestation of Satan. And if you go back to, okay, word communism emerge? Well, communism came out of the, the soul of Karl Marx, right? Karl Marx, you go back and read his writings. I mean, this guy was a Satanist. Like, he, well, he wasn't some atheist that, that really believed that this was the idea to create utopia by you know, redistribution of wealth. I mean, he was someone that vowed to wage a war against God. And because his idea was that if he could destroy civilization and walk through it, that that makes him God, right? And so that was the the premise of communism was was really to destroy civilization. And so if you look at that, it's really, I refer to it as a specter, there's a book that was written by the Epoch Times editorial uh, staff, it's how the specter of communism is ruling our world. And so it's something that, you know we try to break it down into being okay this particular government this particular organization uh, this group of people but i think that and we're looking at it like okay how are they tied together and who's controlling who but i think fundamentally it goes back to some you know evil source some evil power right which you could you know some people might say it's satan they might have their own way of understanding it but there's some sort of centralized evil that's actually controlling the entire the entire field of what we're up against. And so like, you know, for Satan, hypothetically, let's put, let's put our, our, our kind of imagination cap on. Let's just imagine that, you know, that, that Satan is trying to achieve dominion over the entire earth. Well, he'll gladly sacrifice the CCP against the globalists. He'll gladly destroy America and, and institutions. He'll gladly, because the end goal of that evil end goal is actually complete destruction of our world. It, it's the destruction of God's creation. And so that's what, you know, a lot of times I've tried to dig into. It's like, okay, what was the Rothschilds and who do they have to control over? And, you know, what about BlackRock? And you have Vanguard and is Vanguard actually just the the, the, the public kind of wealth-facing front of the the European banking families? And, and you, you, I, I kind of dig into it. There's only so much we can know. Even so like uh, Fritz Sprigmeier, right, that studied and written books on this. Only He can only know so much. And so that's why, you know, what I've come back to is just that, like fundamentally, we're up against this specter of communism that has many forms, and that we that fundamentally we fight the battle through opposing what that specter represents.
2: Yeah. So we we oppose the specific legislation at every turn. We we just get really micro focused on our own our own communities and then expand out from there, but. I think the the sickness that they have within their own culture, you know, the super uber elites, the 0.001%. I mean, it's not the 0.1%. It's not the 1%. It's a 0.0001%. They have a very sick culture in their community. They're Satanists. We know it. Or they're, it, it might not even be Satanists as much as the old Babylon religion that did human sacrifice. And to us, it looks like Satanism. But it's a very sickness because they, they abuse their own children. They split their own personalities. And they think that they're stronger by being able to um, advert their their caring. And so they can make better decisions by splitting their personalities and being psychopaths, you know, being narcissistic psychopaths. So we're dealing with very, very extreme sickness at the very top, as well as all these other dynamics. So. It's hard to know really how that all fits in when you have that much sickness at the top.
1: Yeah, well, it does. I mean, especially as as you get into, you know, Epstein and and, and pedophilia and you know, sound of freedom, you know, child, you know, trafficking. And that's just, I mean, to me, it's like even looking at the child trafficking and not even getting into say adrenochrome harvesting or, you know, some of those topics, like to me that's just the tip of the iceberg. Because if you if you then dive into you know, satanic ritual abuse, um, MK ultra programs. You look at a lot of the leaders that we, that we see, like, like actually I, you know, I interviewed Kathy O'Brien and, uh, you know, Kathy told me that I think, I think it was, yeah, that she was at one point, you know, I'm sure you've heard about the hunting parties, right. When they, they'd release these children into the woods and they'd be, they'd be hunted down. Right. That was part of the, one of the games of the elites. And she said that um, and again, this is just what she said. I'm not, I'm not saying it's it's true or not. Just what she told me was that in in one of those hunting parties that she was in, that she looked over and it was it was George Bush Jr. that he was right alongside her, that he was also being hunted, and so and, and we know that what this does is that uh, you know you, you look at you know, people like Trudeau as an example, and. It, it's like well okay so even trudeau if he was castro's son which looks like it to me i mean there's a lot of things that make sense but yeah exactly um it's like do you really think we understand the amount of control that they have it's like do you really think that they would just allow some random person to become prime minister especially at this time period in history it's like you know so he's just probably a shell of a human being you know who knows what kind of mk ultra uh, satanic ritual abuse that he may have gone through that then turns turns him into the perfect mind control uh you know victim so that he's just the one coming out there and saying this is what we're doing i mean so that's that's what we're up against and so i think that the reason why we, I mean, we look to these these people these 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 elites as we call them uh we look to them and we say gosh they're so sick and as you learn more about what they do it's like it's it's hard to even stomach because it's so far from what we would do. But I think that they've, they've learned how to use that sickness to gain control. And I think that you know fundamentally it comes back to, I think that right now we're at a time period in history, you know, after the flood, we're at this time period where in a lot of ways it's, it's almost as if Satan has been allowed to run free on earth. You know, been allowed to tempt everybody and and just test us and do as much evil as possible it's almost like the world's set up currently that the more evil you are the more control you can get the more power you can get the more money you can make but i think that that window of that opportunity that window of us being tested is coming to an end And i think that that what we will experience in our lifetime is an inversion of that where the truth is revealed and we see how evil evil is and where in the future we're gonna we'll live in a way that actually it's the inverse where the the more virtuous that you are and the more moral you are, the more strength and power and, and success that you'll be given in life as as an inverse of what we're fighting up against right now.
2: Yeah, the truth has a way of setting everyone free, and it's very interesting when you say the truth. You know what I was talking about ten years ago or eight years ago when I was on the forefront of bringing all this stuff out and just getting. Really, kind of demolished behind the scenes. Now it's every day; everyone's talking about it, and that means that the truth is so much more powerful. And you can't can't just put dams in front of the truth. It has a way of figuring out water. You know, get, I think of it as water just figuring out ways of getting around in the easiest path. They they can't enclose it. They cannot, and they used to be able to, I think, and now they can't anymore. And the world is changing. I mean, is that how you're seeing it? Because I, I see think all, the difference from 10 years ago to today is absolutely enormous.
1: Oh, it's, it's massive. And, and this is really what gives me hope right is it it truly gives me hope and look i've been through the the the, what they call the dark night of the soul where you really come to understand the depth of evil in this world like I've, i've been down those corridors i've explored those those paths and it's it's a dark place and it's and some people never come back from it some people are so traumatized that they, they they compartmentalize it right they have their own little mini MK ultra you know kind of splitting with it. they put it in some corner of their mind and they never access it again right but for me it's like I have to it's almost like in my own experience like in the, in the process of, of saying knowing God you learn to know Satan right like knowing the evil helps you understand the good right and knowing how evil man can be for me helps me understand how good man can also be right because there's the it shows you the opposites in that and so but what i'm seeing though i'm seeing the exact same thing that it's like to a lot of people especially if they're on this journey of like the red pill journey where say two years ago they hear about the 13 bloodlines and they hear about what's sra and that they're on that journey it feels like oh my gosh the world is so evil It's like, it just got so evil all of a sudden. But the reality is, is that that evil was still there 20 years ago. It was still there, you know, 40 years ago. It was still there thousands of years ago. You know, when they're sacrificing babies to ball. I mean, this evil has always been here. But I think the key is that they did such a good job over the last couple of hundred years through their process of gaining control over the media, gaining control of the education system, gaining control over basically everything that influences our thought and how we form our views of the world, that they really put us straight into Plato's cave, where most people are just watching the shadows playing on the wall, thinking that's reality. And so, but the evils are always there. It just, they hit it so well, but because I think that we're entering into their end game. And I think that Trump getting in in 2016 really threw off their plan, right? I think that Hillary was supposed to get in, we'd be in nuclear war by now. They would have had the, their virus launch was timed all around that. He got in and really kind of threw a wrench into things, right? It's like love him or hate him. You know, like that's what he did. He, he was not part of their plan, okay? And so, but if we take it up to where we are right now, again, there's so many people that think Gosh, this evil is so it's everywhere, but it's actually, I believe that they're in their in-game. And as part of their in-game, they have to reveal themselves. Right. But the process of revealing themselves is also what weakens them. Because I, you know, think that a lot of their strength came from the fact that they couldn't be seen. You know, and, and it's about the whole idea of shining light on the dark. And so I think that what's happening is that now all these people are seeing them. And while it feels like they're really evil, like to me, the fact that so many people now are openly talking about the World Economic Forum, about Klaus Schwab, about globalism, depopulation, eugenics, these are things that, as you know, five years ago were so taboo. Even child sex trafficking five years ago. Very few people were talking about this, but there's so many people that are now seeing it. And what's amazing, though, is that They're seeing it and something is awakening in them that's saying, I I can't stand for this. I'm not going to allow this to happen. I'm going to fight back against this because I think that, let's just say, go back, say, 10, 20 years ago, a lot of Americans were probably slowly drifting down the path of immorality. You know, pornography is becoming easier to access. Drugs are easier to get to. You know, we have our our divorce rates kind of going up. You have you know, websites like Ashley Madison, which is here. Here's where you go have an affair. So I think our morality was kind of they're leading us along, and we didn't see it because it was hidden and it was hidden in these comforts and these little things where, you know, it started off with say, AC, DC, highway to hell. It's like, oh, it's okay. It's just a cool rock song, right? They slowly let us down to where we are, but because we're in this kind of in game for them, they've had to really, really kind of aggressively push us into this you know, new world order, like the trans agenda and, and all this stuff, you know, cuties and pedophilia. And I think a lot of people that were going along with this agenda 10 years ago are now like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, <laughs> like, I oh was for gay God. rights 10 years ago, but now you're talking about bringing little kids into it and this drag queen story hour. So, like, I think that the Great Awakening is a product of the great evil that's been revealing itself and pushed into our society. And some people, yes, I like think a small portion are going along with it. And they're the ones that are out there that are you know, pushing for pedophilia and they've got piercings all over their face. And, you know, they're just like, you know, they're, they're, they're transitioning or they're, they're pushing all that stuff. Maybe they worship Satan at home for all I know, right? So there are those people, but I think actually a much larger portion of people that used to be controlled by this evil agenda, say 10, 20 years ago, are saying there's no way I'm going against that and they're snapping back the other way they're saying I'm going to homeschool my kid I'm never never touching big pharma again I'm not watching anything to do with Hollywood I'm burning all the old CDs like they're snapping right back in and I think there's a massive movement of people around the world they're just saying you know what I want to go back to how I grew up I want to go back to the simple life we used to have and I think that that's a big indicator that like the the this evil they are in their final days but it's not because there's been some coordinated movement led by one person to fight against the evil it's because in 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 all the hearts of the people these billions of people around the world they're starting to reject that specter they're starting to reject the evil that was in our world and they're turning towards good
2: yeah i think that i think i agree with you there's a philosophy that There's, we go through these stages. I I don't know if you've seen this, Phil or uh, uh, Cliff High talks about it. And I think it's one of the most fascinating things. It's a science philosophy of that, depending on where the Earth is in the universe, that we've gone through in the galaxies and everything, we've gone through different phases of consciousness, and that we are exiting the lowest phase of consciousness that we were part of. And they, and these, we vibrate at a very low level and that we have been through this cycle many many times and, and like 12,000 years ago we were at the highest level and that was the time when it, the atlantis and all those those mythic you know myths about us being at a different period of time and that we're exiting out of the lowest period and all of our con- we're not as, it's not as dense and so our consciousness is raising and that we are becoming more aware of this this evil evil that has been on us What do you think of that concept that Christ consciousness is all of us growing in consciousness and that because all these these religions throughout history have talked about having a thousand years of peace after this horrible phase of darkness and that those those theories of, uh, you know, the the science theories behind where we were at in their universe uh, correlates with that. Have you seen any of that?
1: I have, yeah, and I, I listen to, to Cliff High a lot. Um, and he's he's just he's a brilliant mind. He's, he's he's out there with some of his ideas, but that's why he's brilliant. <laughs> well, that's like, what makes him. he like questions everything. It's, oh, well, it's great. It, you know, is it?
2: I mean, you want someone that questions everything because then you can you can kind of think about stuff differently.
1: But oh, I know, I know, yeah. So so it, it's interesting you mentioned that because. I, you know, especially in my college years, I, I went really heavily into a lot of Eastern philosophy and really trying to understand, you know, even going back into ancient Chinese culture. And, and I've read a lot of the ancient Chinese books, you know, read like the, the the massive, you know, thousand page volume of Journey to the West and, uh, you know, Outlaws of the March and some of the Chinese classics that you know, really represent that culture. And something is so in the West, you know, most people, you know, whereas in the West, our science is actually not really... Or sorry, our the main religion in the West is not Christianity. It's it's scientism, right? Most people don't realize they're actually worshiping science. They're actually following science um, instead of following God or instead of following their faith it, because it's been taught to us. It, it it really is a religion, right? You have your high priests like Fauci that are you know like the, the most degrees and all this. But I think yeah, that he was so, off so science. That's
2: technocracy, right? Because they're pushing. <laughs> Well, we can go into another, but he was, he's so bad as a scientist, but go ahead.
1: (laughs) Oh, I agree. But so, but something though about the, the East, so is their whole concept of the yin and the yang, right? Mm -hmm. The, you know, yin yang as the, the black and the white, right? So in the Western, you know, we, in our scientism, we say, yes, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. But that whole yin yang—that's that weird woo woo, you know, Chinese stuff. Well, it's like it's the exact same principle, right? And the, if, if you look at the, the even like the, the the image of the yin yang, you can see that if it, 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 it's basically it's rotating, right? It's a spinning disk, and what it's showing you is that when you as you know as the black and white, they both get bigger and smaller, and so as you rotate, if you imagine that that disk is rotating as, as a twelve year or twelve thousand year cycle. That as it rotates, you go through an era. Where the black, you know, the the karma, the darkness gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But it always, this is like, it's a principle of the universe. It reaches an extreme and there's only one way to go. It's back. Like, it can't just expand infinitely into darkness, right? There's a balance. There's a natural balance. And that's one of the big concepts of the yin and yang is that everything actually balances itself out. For it, that There's evil, there's good, there's up, there's down, there's black, there's white, that everything has a balance. And that's what allows our, our universe to stay in harmony and keep in balance. And so right now it feels like it's so out of balance, but just because there's balance, it doesn't mean that it's always equal good, equal evil. I think that what you do is, I agree completely with Cliff, is you have cycles, you have cycles where the good gets stronger and stronger and stronger. It reaches its peak goodness And then it starts getting more and more and more evil. And it reaches its peak evil. And then it again flips and it goes again. So I think that right now that I agree completely that right now we're at that phase where we're at the, I think that honestly, we're at the tail end of the peak evil stage. Like I think that they've peaked and we're already coming down. And so even though it's so evil, it's like, well, yeah, it makes sense. We're at the peak evil stage. Like you look around, it's like, like, Sodom and Gomorrah looked like Disneyland compared to what you see every day in America, right? So, but I really do believe though, that like we're now experiencing the collapse of that evil. And it's not just that the evil goes away and it just back to like life, that as the evil collapses, the good, the the virtuous, the moral actually you see starts to come back. And that's the, the, the period I think that we're entering into is that phase of really almost this golden age that will be coming and emerging as this evil is destroyed.
2: Yeah, I think so. And and when, he, when you look at the energies coming from the center of the universe, that's their theory. I mean, I don't know how to prove it or not, but it's like, oh, that's a really interesting theory that our understanding, our consciousness raises so that we can see things differently. Like we're dense and we couldn't see it before. And as a people, because it takes all of us to grow and understand and to combat this because of, you know, like one out of four girls are raped right before the age of 10, one out of five boys before the age of 18. I mean, this is a, a global horrific pandemic, if you will. That's it's a real pandemic. And it's what it takes all of us becoming more aware and more virtuous, as you say. And the explanation that there's these energies that are allowing us to become more aware kind of makes sense i mean i don't know if it's true or not but it makes sense and it aligns with all the religious teachings that as you become more aware you become more virtuous and we have more of a golden age and we defeat evil together
1: yeah and to me that makes sense and again you know in the western culture we don't have the concept of chi right i think tesla did tesla talked about ether and i think he was delving into this the fact that there's energy all around us and that, you know, your mind influences this energy, Energy, but if, again, if you look into the Eastern culture, the idea of chi, the idea that we have this energy that flows through our bodies, that flows around us, it, you know, then you have good chi and bad chi, right? You've got, you know, like light white energy or you have black energy and it's a whole spectrum of colors. And so, um, you know, I knew people growing up that had some aspect of themselves that was Unlocked and they could look at a person like one of my good friends growing up. He could look at a person and say, "He, yeah, the guy has knee problems. Like, how do you know that? Like, well, he's got black energy all around his lower knee. And so, and, and he could confirm like that he, you know, you could confirm with that people that that person it might be a, a relative that's visiting and he'd like, uh, he's got some stomach issues. Like, well, how yeah. know he's like, I, I can see there's black chi swirling around his, like this part of his abdomen and lo and behold, the guy had stomach cancer. Right, so like there's like we're energetic beings. You know, we're made you know from in a lot of ways you know of energy. And so I think that you know there's there's different ways people have analyzed this that like there's your thoughts of say say you know lust and anger and greed are a very low vibrational energy, right? Versus your thoughts of compassion, kindness. Uh, selflessness, love, you know, that, that these are a very high vibration energy. And so these energies affect the other person. So if you took, for instance, as an example, let's just say you had 10 people in a room and all of those people were like very loving and kind people, right? That frequency is going to exist in that room. If you take somebody that is a kind of a darker person or take someone that's in the middle, that they have the equal, you know, they, they could be equally good or bad. They're, they're not really necessarily very evil or very good. You put them in that room, that's going to influence that person's own energy field. It's going to influence that person's thoughts. They might actually start thinking more kind thoughts without even realizing what's causing it because they're in that environment. You take the whole world and you take every human and you take, and you take the entire population of 7 billion people. If now, if 5 billion people, are all starting to think positively and, and want to return back to the waves of kindness and compassion and truth and honesty and integrity, like to me, that's it makes perfect sense. They're gonna start raising the frequency of the entire world. And you know, some people might call it Christ consciousness. You know, there's different terms for it, but I think that they're gonna start raising that frequency, I think, towards a more divine realm of of you know, of just magnificence. And I think that what's gonna happen is that. The people that are kind of in the middle, they'll, they'll go one of two ways. They're either going to go up with it and they're going to – right you know, the rising tide is it rising tide lifts all boats. I forget the exact saying, but they're going to either go up with it or they're going to turn evil. And as this goodness gets stronger and stronger, it's going to make them become more and more evil because, again, they're going to be opposing it. That mutual opposition, mutual – it kind of goes this way. It's you know equal opposite reaction. So that's kind of – that's one way that I understand – this. And, and I've had my own experiences with this. Um, I've, I guess I've got friends that, you know, I've shared their experiences. And I, I absolutely believe there's something very significant. And I believe that that is happening.
2: And the, when they go very evil, they have to go more underground as the light increases. But yeah. it, I mean, it matches the, the description in the Bible. It matches so many religions, you know, from that's been written about. And it's maybe it's because they've experienced it in the past. I don't know, but it, it 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 feels like the world is changing to something greater, and but it's almost like a detox. And let me tell me if you kind of see this. It's like as we are exposing all this evil, it feels awful, but we're detoxing and getting healthier.
1: I I agree completely, and it's it's like if I look at if I look at my life, you know, it was it was almost always the really difficult things I went to that, that I went through that led to the best parts of my life. Like it was the really hard things when I overcame the hardship. And sometimes, you know, even had great loss, you know, like my 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 older brother, who's my best friend, died of cancer at 33. Right. And, and I was with him for like the last 18 months of his life, like, you know, because he there's a medical mal, you know malpractice, he was paralyzed because of it. I mean, it was really, it was terrible, but it, it was the most difficult thing that I've been through. But it changed me in a way that nothing else could have. And so I feel like that the, the, the difficulty humanity is going through right now, and I think it will get much more difficult. You know, I, I don't want to tell people that you know, they're going to wake up in a week and all the evil's going to be gone. And, like, there's some, like, secret thing that is like, oh, they're going to unveil that they're actually in control. And we're all just, you know, like, Nassara just saw everyone gets a million dollars in gold. And, you know, I, I, I don't believe that's the path. right That's a whole different discussion. But so I, I really do think, though, that, like, there is going to be a lot of difficulty. And I think that we've earned it. Like, we deserve it we've allowed our country to fall we took our eyes off the road for too long and now we look up and our, our kids are being taught pornography in school they're being like it, the destruction we're seeing is something that i think that we allowed to happen because it didn't happen overnight it happened over decades and decades of us becoming distracted us saying you know what that's not too bad you know like your little kid wants to watch an r-rated movie with his friends you know ah, okay his friends are doing it it's okay it's all those little ways that we've allowed it like now we're kind of it's time to face the music right but i i really do i really do believe that the difficulty that i think is ahead of us that it will transform us like in a very very fundamental way and that on the other side of it the people that have the fortitude and the, the i think the virtue to get through the hardship ahead on the other side of it will say oh my gosh you couldn't pay me a billion dollars to go back to 1990. You know what I mean? As much as right now, everyone wants to go back to normal. It's like, I wish we would go back to normal. It's like, well, what, what is normal? You want to go back to we're, 1990? It's we're like... going to something
2: better. Yeah. Cause it, we're, everything's just being exposed and, and, but you know, they are cushioning all of this new legislation that people, cause I'm in Minnesota where it's one of one of the most extreme areas. And, people who are pushing it through really believe it's to be better people i mean they've really got this message down to these people i I think it's a brainwashing mind war where they really believe that they're doing the stuff that's kinder better and you know the the they will learn i think through the the, like my my sister's a doctor and she has one patient she doesn't believe in the transgender stuff but she has one patient who transitioned when he was 14 to a girl, and now he's 20, and he completely regrets it. Those stories are common, very common. A 14 year old doesn't know, and now the poor guy is, it's it's awful, and that's going to be the outcome of all this. And so they're going to learn. A lot of people are going to learn the hard way. It's that's the evil behind it, right? But they, at this point, they truly believe it's the right thing to do. So we have a lot, we have a mess on our hands. That's why it's going to get harder before it gets better.
1: Uh, I agree. And one way I look at that is, again, going back to that principle, as things get worse and worse and worse until they hit, they, they reach the extreme and they turn around, it's like the transgender movement started 100 years ago. It started with the feminist movement. It started with the movement you know, like the, there the, are the different movements that started a long time ago that were really focused on destroying the role of the male and the female. Like, that was really what it was. So it's not like it just emerged, you know, five years ago. It's like, no, this has been a long-term goal to destroy the, the man and women as God has created them, right? And so, you know, it's funny because I, I recently watched um, the, the new Plandemic movie, uh, you know, with with uh, Mickey Willis. Like, Brilliant, brilliant film. But one of the things they talked about in there was actually how in during the Cultural Revolution that they they made the women dressed like the men. Because part of it was if, if they could if they could blend all the genders together. Yeah, in China, right? And they're talking about actually it was a common thing in when a totalitarian government or rulers were taking over countries. That they would actually they they would blend the genders together because they found that if there was no individual identity of of i'm a woman or i'm a man that people were more reliant on the state when they got rid of individual uh, individuality so you know in terms of what we see happening right now like i think it's going to get worse i think they're gonna i think that pedophilia is going to hit mainstream in america where you're going to have people maybe even in congress trying to, to you know justifying it and saying look we need to allow it it's all about you know, all the they slogans you the same. Well, there okay. you go. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like all the slogans that we saw, say, 10 years ago, like, love is love. Well, it's like, okay, well, they're using at that time, it was part of the agenda just to justify one aspect of that. But now they're kind of s- slowly seeping in. And I think that it'll continue to get pushed and pushed until it reaches this breaking point where people are then, like, enough people say, this is absolutely unacceptable and they stand up and then it'll snap back but it won't just go back i think to like what it was say 20 or 30 years ago i think you're going to see this massive revival to you're already seeing it of men that want to be traditional strong masculine men of women that want to be traditional women i think that you're going to see a lot of women that are saying you know what like i don't want to work like, I want to raise my children at home. I want to, again, not that like there's anything wrong with you know, women that do have careers, and they support their family. And my, my wife works like nonstop out of what we're doing. But I think there's, there's well, this- women
2: want to work too, right? So we have to, we have to go to what just like, I always say the women that I know who are the best at their job, they took their job, the, my friends, who were very serious about their career they were also just they want to be good at everything so they were very serious about their children they came first and their children are very healthy and happy but they want to have a life too so but it's a different attitude and i i don't that I, that's why i don't i don't see it as women ever going back in the being what we used to be we want where we didn't vote and we were second class citizens it. It's a more evolved state.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. where it's something that, yeah, cause we're not, it's like, you know, some people think like, okay, what, well, what's it mean to go back? Are we going back to like horse and buggies and we're we going back to, you know, again, like women not having any right to vote or, you know, it's like, no, we're, we're not just going back into, into time, but I think we're entering a period where we're going back to, towards more tradition, but in a modern society so it's like i don't know what the future holds but i agree with you it it won't be something that we that we that we think that we can just put into a box and see very clearly because i don't think it's existed before
2: i agree with you it's just it's a more evolved state like how do we become how do we become equal partners with different roles where we value we've lost our values that's the issue and uh and children being valuable i mean i i you know, I look at myself and I think, God, I really like working and stuff, but nothing came before my kids. You know what I mean? Not when I was, Yeah. but you still want a career. You still want to do stuff. But I think both parents can be that way too. You know, it's just, what do you, what, what needs to get done to make sure your kids are number one and your family's number one, but yet you still want to have a life. How do you do all that? And how do you grow and become more conscious of that and evolved? I, I don't know. It, it gets back to we we're in such a dark time because putting women in second class roles is not, that's not what this is, that's not, that's not what we're talking about here. It's like, how do you put them in first class roles and then still value children first? That's what we need. That's my, yeah.
1: I no, I mean, and, and I think, I think that, you know, that the key though is yes, it's like, what ultimately is going to be the best for the children right because you see like what right what now our that's society right. is like what's the worst for children you know like you know i remember when my wife was pregnant a couple of years ago and we're, we're going into stores looking for maternity clothes and like they don't even make maternity clothes anymore It's such a tiny little section it's almost like they've deleted that from our culture you know they used to have whole stores for mm-hmm. you know pregnant women and it was this huge part of everything but they're it's like you can see again this goes back in oh, the, the depopulation the, the eugenics Oh, it was it was it was so surprising because like my mom who was trying to help you know give us advice and she's like oh well you know like this store has a great maternity department we'd go there and it it, it was like this bare bones thing and she's like oh this one store that's a maternity store and we, we we found one maternity store but it was going out of business and the whole place was just cheap like polyester junk from China so it's like, like what's what's happening and you can see again that's why I think there's going to be this in revival, not necessarily of, say, women saying, I'll never work again, but I think that of women saying, like, I want to be a mother, right? It's the it, it coolest doesn't mean experience they, you, know,
2: you can ever have. It is beautiful. It is. Yeah. That's yeah,
1: right. it's, it, yeah, right. and then you, you got to hear my little three-year-old singing, Mary Had a Little Lamb earlier, and it's like, that's, that's that's just changed me so much and i think that, that we're getting back to i think that like right now it's like you know so there's there's part of the depopulation agenda is obviously you know you know making so people don't have kids it's like ah oh, you know a lot of people are like ah oh, we'll have one kid like i think that i think that in a couple you know say 10 years or 20 years we we'll back to like that the baby boomer family where it's like oh i've got five kids i'm already seeing it like a lot of the people that i know that are just strong conservative people with the right values they've got six kids. It's like, man, like where's, where's this coming from?
2: (laughs) It's a lot of work, but I saw a family with five kids the other day when we went out to eat and I'm like, Oh, I kind of wish I had more kids. I have two, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's you. And my husband said, you know, there's something about having children that reprioritizes your life. You stop, you just don't see it all about money and career and you just value life differently. And it, it's so much, uh, there's so much more richness in that.
1: Yeah, there really is. There really is. And, and that's what we, we've, you know, like my wife and I both, we work really hard, but, you know, having a child, you're right. It's like, you're no longer working for yourself. And like those moments, like, you know, right now, like my, you know, my daughter, you know, she her bedtime to say like seven thirty, eight o'clock. And you know her thing right now. Is she's like, "Daddy, I, 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 please sleep in my bed with me." Like she wants me to lay down next to her as she's falling asleep, and it's like that—that that 15 minutes of the day where I get to lay down next to her and she, until I hear her kind of snoring in her little way. It's like it's—it's it's better than anything else. It's better than like a five-star luxury hotel. It's better than the best food you could possibly have. I mean, it's like that's—that's that's it. Like to we me, and that's. Watch.
2: I was going to say, wait until you watch your child play sports. They're going to be, or, or sing in a, in a uh, you know, orchestra, not orchestra, but you know call it, They're not in an orchestra, but you know, the their, little plays, yeah, yeah. You know their little plays, their little programs. It's so bad, but it's the best thing you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'd rather watch my five-year-old be terrible at soccer than watch the pros play. I mean, it's really quite fun.
1: It is. It is. It, it, it's like, it's all of this stuff that gives me hope right? That like amidst all the craziness that's happening and the push for the digital IDs and central bank digital currency and all that, like I think that when I come back to it, it's like fundamentally they are evil and everything about that evil is built on lies and that we have the truth and that the truth will eventually come out. And it will collapse that mountain of lies. And that's what, gives me, that's what gives me peace at night.
2: I think you're right. Well, okay, you are amazing. I just love this conversation. Where can people find you and follow you and see everything that you have, maybe upcoming events? What's going on with you?
1: Yeah, well, so the similar to you, I mean, I, I've got a video podcast, right? So I do the video and in addition to audio. So uh, Rumble's the best place. Um, I'm, I'm, I have a YouTube channel still, but it's so shadow banned. I get like, you, you won't even know if you know, videos coming up on there. So Rumble is probably the biggest place. Uh, and this for folks just to search for man in America. Like that's that's the easiest thing to search for man in America. You'll find me on Rumble. Uh, also any podcast app. So I'm on Spotify, you know, uh, you know Apple Podcasts, etc. So again, search for Man in America, and you'll find it on there. Uh, and then Twitter, I'm on Twitter. You can find me on there as well. Telegram, but the main places, you know, I, I put out probably four or five shows every week. Uh, do interviews with you know amazing guests like yourself. But the main places really see the Rumble or the podcast apps. And uh, there's no paywall. People can listen you know to as much as they want to for free. And that's just how I do things.
2: Are you going to be speaking at any upcoming event?
1: Yeah, well, so the, so the main thing that I'm usually at is the Reawaken Tour. I've, I've gotten to be you know good friends with the the team that runs that, and so our our next event, I believe, is in Las Vegas, which is an interesting place to have a Reawaken Tour event. But um, so I think La, it's Las Vegas. I think it's in August, and so I think that people can find that. I think time to freeamerica dot com. So time to freeamerica dot com is the main website where they have that schedule. So that's the next kind of big event that I'll be speaking at. And you know, they're gonna have you know, General Flynn's gonna be there and Eric Trump and just a lot of really, really kind of amazing patriots are all speaking there. And also a lot of the frontline doctors are gonna be there. So those are also uh, great events.
2: Excellent. Thank you so much, Seth. I really appreciate you coming to the program.
1: Oh, it's, it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. Thank you for the opportunity.